welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaking 90 podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Jerrica Rydell. We are two of the coaches of Breaking 90 Fitness. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Jer. Hey, Alex. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I know I'm not, I guess it's a, it was just a long weekend. I don't know when you're listening to this, but we took this, we, took, we have a wave runner slash sea dew. Oh, people cool. don't really realize. And so we took it from Manitoulin Island to Killarney. Um, took about 40 minutes or so. It was the coolest thing, like on the water. And then we had lunch and it, it was just such a, I don't know, it's cool to see the environment from a different perspective from driving to Killarney from Sudbury. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I would highly recommend even just Killarney if no one's been to that area, hiking and camping. Is it the type of thing where you feel like if you were going much longer, though, it wouldn't be a super comfortable ride? On the CDU, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was an, a pretty mild day. There wasn't a ton of wind or anything, so it was fine, and you can go pretty fast. Yeah. I would definitely recommend a boat if you have a boat. Yeah. It'd probably be a lot more comfortable, but yeah, it was a blast. That's the thing. CDUs are like the most fun thing ever, but they're not super practical or comfortable. And, and like, it's just like, w- unless you have other friends with them, it, they're, they're hard to make purpose of. Do you guys have more than one or access to more than one? we have one and we keep bugging all of our friends because yeah. exactly that reason it's like it's just way more fun when there's other people with you for sure for sure but <laughs> there's so much fun every time you ride one you're like well, i'd love to have one of these but um i just think like it doesn't it, like there's not a lot you can do from a cedar you're not going to go fishing from a cedar it can't carry a whole no people. it's definitely <laughs> like pure enjoyment like skiing and tubing yeah. or whatever and then just for that exhilaration really is it that's yeah. all it is but it is really fun yeah that's awesome yeah. yeah um cool what you got for a topic today so this is a topic that I'm actually really surprised that we haven't touched on I spent some time skimming through all of our our podcasts on Spotify and I didn't see this so correct me if I'm wrong but protein like we've done macronutrient breakdown but we haven't really dug into just protein and, and I mean we push protein so much in our program, we try to get clients eating more and learning how to incorporate more into their lifestyle. And especially in the fat loss program, which I think is something we could touch on um, why we um, want you to eat more protein in, in, in our fat loss program as well. Um, and then, I don't know, we'll start there. And then I have something else I wanted to go into off of that. Yeah, cool. Um, I think I would start by saying that most people, it's they're, they're lacking in the amount of protein they eat. And, and um, there's a lot of different reasons. We'll cover the different reasons today, but that I would say it's like almost always one of the big factors when we get when we get a new client is is the lack of protein they're consuming. Um, and a huge part of that reason is that it's just not what most people are excited about. Like, there's not a lot of people that that they go to protein as their go to snack when carbs are fatter on the table. And a lot, and some people might argue that and be like, no, I love protein. Well, the truth is you probably love the fat or the carb that go with that protein. Like, like a lot of people love steak or ribs or, or the fattier proteins. There's not a lot of people that are just going to sit down and munch on like a chicken breast. Right. <laughs> right. Unless you're me or something. 
Yeah. But you're right. Actually, now that I think of it, I like like sometimes if I'm eating a piece of chicken, it's like, well, what can I dip this in? Totally. Right. It's so it's not so much just you're right, the chicken, it's the, like added stuff with it. Yeah. And and so we 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 talk about the protein being the hurdle because you don't enjoy it. Well, the, the truth is nobody really enjoys it. Like it's one of those things that it's like most people enjoy fruit more than vegetables. Well, you still need to eat the vegetables. Most people enjoy carbs and fat more than protein. You still need to eat the protein. Some of what we eat needs to be forced. It can't always be about what you're excited to eat. We can make it more enjoyable, more exciting, but it can't always be what we're excited to eat, right? For sure. And I think like you mentioned right off the hop that most people under eat protein. And it makes me think of the old Canadian, well, the Canadian food guide and the recommendations, right? Are somewhere between 0.4 and 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. Whereas now, and research that's now out is pushing more towards that 0.7 to one pound, one gram per pound of body weight. So, you know, if you're a 180 pound person, the goal would be to get you eventually to 180 grams of protein or just under, give or take some. Um, so I think that that's been probably one of the biggest um, changes in the nutrition world in terms of from what it used to be with our parents maybe growing up to what it is now uh, with the new recommendations. Yeah, and I think I think calculators and goals are great, but for most people, it's not realistic, right? So so even it like we get we got cut off in these calorie calculators and uh, protein calculators, water consumption calculators. Well, what what is realistic for you might be entirely different. So that's important to look at too. Um, 180 grams of protein is is never going to happen for most people, right? Like Absolutely, some, some it's that people, continuum, that continuum yeah. chat we always talk about. Yeah, where yeah. are you now? Most people are probably, if let's say I'm an 180 pound person, I'm maybe eating 80, right? Yeah. So maybe let's just try to have one more serving. One more serving would take me to 100. And we don't even need, like you said, Ben, to know these specific numbers because something as simple as a palm size of protein is a serving. So it's something as simple as adding that extra palm in. It's, it's better than you were yesterday, last week, last month, the, et cetera. The really good thing about protein is you're not likely going to overconsume it. So it's, it's not going to hurt you to add protein unless you have a medical condition that that is specified. Otherwise, some people with like kidney failure and function um, kidney function problems, they've been told to limit their protein in in, in um amount per feedings but uh for the average person there's not going to be any risk in, in eating too much protein and and you're not going to anyway like nobody's going to sit down and eat six chicken breasts <laughs> <laughs> no definitely not so if i'm if i'm one of your our fat loss clients coming into the program or really just anyone who's interested in and maybe taking that route why should i be aiming to eat more if fat loss is the goal yeah, good question. So out of the three macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat, protein keeps you full the longest, which is a really, really important factor because being hungry sucks and you don't need to constantly feel hungry in order to make progress. You need some level of hunger. Obviously, our body's going through changes and we're, we're eating in a calorie deficit, which means our body does want more. So there should there will be some level of hunger. Um, but how you break down those foods you choose to eat is going to play a massive role in how hungry you are. So when we prioritize protein, it keeps us full longer, makes us feel better. Although it's not what we're craving, our body will benefit more from it in that standpoint. 
Um, anything you want to add there before I keep going? Nope, it's good. Okay. Um, from a fat storage standpoint, so when we eat an excess of calories and then don't burn it off and it gets stored as fat, protein gets stored slightly less than the other two macronutrients, which is a, a, a bonus. We end up urinating some of it out and passing some of it through bowel movements. Um, from a building block standpoint, it plays a huge, so carbs play a huge role on our short-term or quick energy. Um, protein plays a massive role in our rebuilding, in, in our um, bone rebuilding, muscle rebuilding, tissue rebuilding. Protein plays one of the biggest roles out of the three macronutrients there. And so providing adequate protein allows us to repair, recover, um, which is essentially what fat loss is. I mean, we're, we're, our bodies our bodies getting broken down and depleted from whatever movement we're doing. Um, the carbs are providing a lot of the energy and then the proteins allowing us to recover quicker so that we can get back to that exercise and that movement. And we can continue, um, improving and, and, and growing from whatever we're putting our body through. And I don't, I don't want you to think that that's just for somebody who's seriously into weightlifting because it's, it's everything. It's just day-to-day -day movement, even without, without providing adequate calories, calories equals energy. So without providing adequate calories for energy and adequate protein for recovery, we're going to feel like shit. We're not going to recover well. We're not going to want to continue moving our body. The less we move our body, the less energy we burn, the less calories we burn, the less fat we lose. Awesome. I want to just repeat that for those that they missed it. If you're on a fat loss journey and you may not be lifting weights regularly or pushing it in the gym whatsoever, you might be doing regular walks and you know just things that don't require the added weight to you you still need to consume this protein for the building blocks, for the repair. So um, I think that's really important because a lot of people just assume, well, I'm not in the gym. I don't need the protein. Uh, when in reality, we do. For sure. And, and when I look at how much protein somebody should be consuming, I look at their lean body mass as opposed to just their, their current body mass. Yeah, awesome. And so obviously somebody who's got a ton of muscle mass will need more protein but everybody needs protein so if you're if you're currently 200 pounds and you want to be sitting around 130 pounds you don't need to be eating protein for a 200 pound person but you should absolutely be eating protein for a 130 pound person right that's a really good point yeah i love that um and you don't need to run that through a calculator. Basically, you can you can keep it really simple. What we do is we tell people hand size portions. So we look at how many hand size portions of protein you're eating right now, uh, on average daily, and we try to increase that by one until it becomes consistent. And then once that becomes consistent, we can look at increasing it by two. So you might get to the point where you're having three, four, five, six palm sized servings of protein per day. What does that equal? I don't know. It's going to be a little bit different for, for each person, a little bit different based off of which protein choices you're making. Um, the idea here is to push your comfort zone a little bit, knowing that there's not really a risk of going over and that as much as much as we can add in regularly is going to be beneficial. So that that's a really important factor. 
I want you being consistent with protein, consistent with everything, really. I don't want you being intense. I don't want one day you having 10 servings of protein, one day you having one serving of protein and telling me on average, you eat five servings of protein because that's not how it works. The more consistent we can be with our protein, the more beneficial it becomes to the body. Um, That goes day to day, week to week, and even serving to serving, unfortunately. Cool. Yeah. Um, anything you want to touch on there? I can, I can dive a little bit into the servings, but anything you want to cover there? No, I was just going to ask you about if you could be more specific, because I think some people listening might be a bit confused there. So serving to serving our body can only benefit from so much protein. What that number is, is completely different from person to person. So I can't tell you if it's 50 grams of protein or 60 grams of protein or what it might be. It is going to be different from person to person, how much your body can absorb in a single serving. Um, the good thing is, like I said earlier, the stuff that we don't eat gets more of it gets um, going sent through the waste system than carbs and fat. So if we overeat protein, less of it gets stored as fat. Um, so without knowing that exact amount, we do know that everybody's got a cap. Just like uh, creatine is another example of this, but everybody's got a cap of how much protein they can benefit from in a single serving. And that is different from person to person. It's not entirely based off size and weight. There's other factors that come into play here. So we don't, without doing, I don't even know if you can find out what that cap is to tell you the truth, but we're going to assume no. Without knowing that, we know that there's benefit to spreading it out. And so the more we can spread out our protein, the easier it is for our body to use it. But that's still not as important as just getting enough protein. So if your life's crazy, your schedule's crazy, and you're like, how the hell am I going to get 10 different feedings of protein? I'm not asking you to get 10 different feedings of protein. I'm telling you, if you have the ability to spread it out, spread it out. If you don't, it's still important more important to get it than not to get it. So if you have to eat all 180 grams of protein in one serving, that's still better than not getting enough protein. Awesome. And I, I, I'm glad you touched on that because I don't want to instill fear on those listening being like, Oh no, I can only have 10 grams or 20 grams because I know, I know a lot of the information out there is like a 20 gram, this number floating around 20 grams serving or per serving. Whereas you can actually absorb a lot more than we think we can. Oh, yeah. Like you mentioned at the beginning, like 50, 60, like we, we don't know, but those numbers are a lot higher than they, they used to be thought that they were. Um, so don't, I don't want us walking around with fear to be like, oh, I have to have all these little small little amounts throughout the day. Um, they can be quite large and you can have, you know, a significant amount and, and not worry about it whatsoever. It's actually, I really don't think most people are going to consume enough to really have to worry about it in one sitting. It's actually similar to taxes. And this is, this is the tax question that a lot of people don't understand when you make there's, there's different tax brackets that you get taxed different amounts when you're in those tax brackets, the lower tax bracket doesn't get taxed very much. If you make $1 more, you don't get taxed that higher tax bracket on all of the dollars you've made. You get taxed the lower tax bracket on the first portion and the higher tax bracket on the one extra dollar you made. The same thing applies to protein. Does that does that make sense what I, what I just said? Yeah, yeah. As well? Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So there's no fear of making one extra dollar and going into another tax bracket. That $1 is the only dollar that gets taxed at a higher rate. The same thing applies to protein. So or our windows at a lower protein bracket, we absorb all of it. 
eat a little bit more, some of that will get absorbed less. Eat a little bit more, some of that will get absorbed less. So if you have the ability to break it down into like 30 to 40 gram servings, probably most of it is being absorbed. But if we go to 50, it's not like you're screwing over all of that protein. Most right. of that Good first- point most of that 30 to 40 is still being absorbed. Some of that extra 10 grams you just ate won't be absorbed, but not all of it. Awesome. Yeah. Great point. Cool. Um, what else do you want to cover from a protein standpoint? I mean, you could okay. go, you could go super yeah. fast rabbit hole. No, I think this is, <laughs> we'll take this a little bit more, kind of take it in with a little more, some tips, I guess, because with our clients and with those listening, we often get messages like, Hey, I, I can't get my protein and I'm really struggling. I need some ideas. Right. And it's that kind of, that's one of probably the most common, one of the top five that we get is the protein question. Um, so I just thought we can kind of finish it up by maybe each giving our top five tips or go-tos or just for the easy, convenient, like nothing that's going to take forever to cook, but just give me some ideas of just some things we eat. Cool. Um, you know, I'm going to start with Greek yogurt because I think it's yeah. super versatile. It's, it's easy to consume. We, we can, if you have it readily available, you can, you can add it to smoothies. You can add it to yogurt bowl, uh, just bowls with fruit. You can add it to other baking and, and recipes. We can make sauces out of it by adding hot sauce or spices, which go great on your meats, your salads. Um, Greek yogurt for me is an absolute go-to. If you don't like it, try different flavors, try different blends, try different things with it because it is so, so ultra versatile. Awesome. Um, that was one of my, on my list too. So that's good that I'm going to touch on chicken, but be more specific. So for me, um, this is for people often, you know, you don't have anything made and the excuse is like, you know, I have nothing ready. So I can't, I can't prepare my protein. What can I do? And, you know, just last night, I, we do have a, one of those Ninja foodies. It's like a pressure cooker slash everything else that I can do. Like um, so if you, yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. So if you, if everyone has an Instapot, I threw four or five fro completely frozen chicken breasts right in there with like a cup or two of chicken broth, put the lid on 12 minutes. I had pulled chicken. I just threw in some buffalo wing sauce and whatever, just for some flavor. And it's like, now I have chicken ready for lunches for whatever salads for the next four days. And it's just like in 12 minutes from frozen, although it might not, you know, doesn't taste as fresh, but it's pulled chicken. So it doesn't, you know, it's shredded pretty, pretty small. Um, it's one of my favorite kind of no excuses when people, when people try to give me the excuse, it's like, well, it's frozen and it still works. So here's the thing. That's, that's awesome in a pinch, but at the end of the day, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? right. When, when we, when we occasionally get to dinner time and don't have something taken out, that's life. That's going to happen. You're going to have to figure something out. If that is a recurring habit that's happening to you consistently, you need to break that habit. You need to create a system so that you don't continuously end up there. And so those are great for in a pinch, but first and foremost, recognize that if this is holding you back and it's happening continuously, you need to create a new system. Those yeah, frozen don't meats rely can, on it. Yeah, those frozen meats can go in the slow cooker at the beginning of the day. Those frozen sure. meats can be taken out at the beginning of the day. We shouldn't continuously be getting to dinner time and not having something ready. That's a huge, huge barrier for most people. And it just comes down to not planning. You don't need to meal prep, do crazy meal preps, but you can't leave this thing up to chance. If we leave it up to chance, we're going to fail. 
and honestly one of our clients you know sometimes it's not it's by choice she chooses this goes back to number one she chooses to have greek yogurt for dinner because it's something she loves ever almost every single night for dinner right yeah. and that's and that's planned and that's great it's not like there's much prep involved but it's something that she looks forward to and it hits the it kind of marks all the checks all the boxes for her um so as long as like you said there's there's a plan there and you know it's readily available um or it can be um i love that she, she yeah she she loves she does that all the time um i have two more things i want to cover and think of more as we go but um yeah. the next one is that we need to get out of the mindset of thinking of conventional meals because yes, it's not it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't always need to be a conventional meal to work you can have that chicken for breakfast you can have those eggs for dinner it's great when you go to somebody's house and you have a nice conventional meal, but we're not always eating for pleasure and we're not always eating for presentation or to take a picture and put it on Instagram. We are now eating for a purpose. Our purpose is to, pro if you're listening to this, your purpose is probably to lose fat. It doesn't need to be beautiful and presentable to, to work, right? So we need to, we need to have proteins, carbs, and fats within balance. That could literally mean that you have a piece of chicken with an apple and some almonds. Is it a presentable meal? No, but you you can control the quantities, hit the marks and walk away from that meal with, with balance. So um, I think getting out of that mindset that it's like, oh, I really struggle with breakfast. I don't know what to eat with for breakfast. Well then start eating dinner stuff for breakfast. It doesn't need to be eggs or a smoothie. Those are great, but it doesn't need to be. Awesome. Um, my next one is in mass amounts and this kind of was these are all just like the take-home tips but cook in mass amounts there's no reason why if you're cooking three chicken breasts for dinner tonight or you know a couple pork chops whatever you're making just buy double and cook it all at once um, then you're guaranteed to have a meal for the next day or the barbecue is a great example right you're throwing on a few pieces of chicken we'll then throw on twice the amount um, and I think that's what I, I often say to clients well did you have dinner what did you have for dinner tonight and they'll list their conventional meal style and it's like well why can't that be your lunch tomorrow why didn't you cook enough right so there's there's always should be enough for the next day in my opinion and that's kind of the rule of thumb at my house yeah I agree and even further I mean if you, if you don't get extremely bored leftovers are usually good for four or five days so Absolutely. It, even like it, if you want to push that further instead of cooking two servings cook three or four servings of it unless you're one of those people that just gets crazy bored and can't eat it but these things can also be repurposed right you can just because you had chicken rice and broccoli one night that chicken could then go into a wrap or into an omelet or onto a salad like you can repurpose these same items in different ways. Definitely. Um, I have one more. So you do your one and I got one. Okay. My last one's going to be, I think my last one, we'll see if anything else comes to mind. My last one's going to be <laughs> eggs. Um, eggs is one, a lot of people fear eggs because of the high fat content and, and a lot of old misbeliefs of the cholesterol in eggs and how they're really not good for us in, in large quantities. Um, I think what you guys will discover as you lose weight and get healthier, 
your blood work will get better regardless of how many eggs you're eating. Some people have really extreme cholesterol circumstances and they, they have to limit certain foods. Most people don't. This is similar to the, the overprotein thing. You're probably not, you probably don't have to worry about dietary cholesterol from eggs. It's not going to affect your blood cholesterol if you're continuing to get healthier. Um, now, eggs are really versatile because we can obviously make things like omelets or just have eggs on their own or hard boil them for ease of use. They can also be added to most recipes almost undetected. You can throw an egg into your stir fry. Um, you can throw eggs into meats that like uh, hamburgers or meatloafs that you're cooking. I love the idea of, we, we usually tell people to tr try to eat three eggs for one serving. I love the idea of if you can't eat three eggs in one serving, have two now, throw the third one in your stir fry later. And now you've yeah. got three eggs throughout your day, right? Um, they're just really, really versatile. And I think a lot of people shy away from them because they're afraid of that higher fat count. That higher fat count is probably not the first thing you need to worry about. Yeah, and if, you, if you're someone who just doesn't like the flavor texture of them, that's okay. You can also do egg whites in a carton and you can dump those right into your smoothie. You can dump them right into whatever you're cooking. Um, they're pasteurized, so I mean, you could literally drink them from the carton, but you just pour them, they're liquid, and you just pour them into anything, um, and you don't even realize that they're there. Yep, yep, and egg whites are where we get most of the protein. Um, egg yolk are where we get most of the nutrients. So depending yep. on what your goals are, they both serve their purpose. They both can be really, really beneficial on a fat loss journey. Definitely. Um, so my last one's just the freezer foods. So um, we often, you and I always talk about how we do chilies and um, stews and things in that nature. So again, this kind of goes back to cooking in mass amounts, but like ground chicken, ground turkey, ground beef, and making some type of mixed vegetable, whatever, and then freeze a bunch of them. And then you have access. The freezer, you know, things can stay really uh really good for a really, really long time. So you always have access to grabbing something out in the morning, putting it on the counter. Um, and then you're ready for dinner. I'm going to piggyback off of that. When you freeze your meats, freeze them in usable portion sizes rather than freezing eight chicken breasts together. Yes. <laughs> Break it into serving like two, two chicken breasts and freeze them together so that it becomes more usable and it doesn't sit in the freezer forever until you throw it out. That's <laughs> funny. I actually put mine into eights because we'll eat like three or four and one's right. dinner. And then I'm like, well, then tomorrow it's cooked. So go back to my other tip and cook more for the next day. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been there too. I've bought a huge yeah. pot of chicken. Like, you don't eat it by the expiry date. You're like, oh, well, I'll just throw the whole thing in the freezer. And then it's like daunting to look at this massive pack of chicken <laughs> in the freezer. It's, oh, it's so true. Awesome. That's, that's everything I want to touch on today actually and more. So that's, that's awesome. Sweet. Um, I don't know if we said it, but smoothies, smoothies is worth mentioning. It's, it's a quick, quick source of protein. You can, you can add a ton of protein because you can add Greek yogurt and protein powder and other protein sources, but those two together, you can get your protein count up really high and it's a fast, easy to consume meal. So that's worth mentioning. Yeah. Awesome. One of my lately. What do you got for us for a tip? Well, you see, my tip was one of the tips I just gave and that I actually incorporated <laughs> into our big group of it so you know what i just we just left everyone with a ton of tips so we'll leave it at that today perfect i'm good with that <laughs>
Um, all right. So thank you guys for being here. I hope you found uh, I hope you found something from this episode helpful, something that you hadn't considered in the past. And if nothing else, I hope it challenges you to increase your protein intake. Um, as always, wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot right now. Share it to your Instagram story and tag at Breaking90Fitness so we can see that you're listening. We really appreciate that. And that's how we get more eyes on the podcast. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you on the next episode. We'll